from the heart of the Carolinas. Bringing the day's events into focus with the lens of liberty. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. A man that I've known, a man that is tough and smart, a man that's running against somebody that's never done a damn thing in the Senate, Mr. Jason Lewis. Thank you, Frankie Lane. Thank you, Mr. President. And it is now official. It is a global warming Tuesday on News Talk 1110-993 WBT, the talk show host formerly known as Congressman Jason Lewis. I'm telling you, it's colder than a conservative's heart out there, and it's going to get colder. Yet another global warming winter ahead of us, and the gas lighting continues. You know, on my newsletter at Substack, I'm going to write uh, in, uh, in the future where all of the lies started. If you really want to just break it all down to try to figure out how is it possible that the the Democrat media complex can openly lie about the border, openly lie about Russian collusion, openly lie about censorship at Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all the other social media oligopolies, openly lie literally, literally about everything and get away with it. Well, they keep repeating the lie. They just keep gaslighting. Remember that famous movie in the 40s with Ingrid Bergman where she was told the sky was green, not blue, and it drove her crazy? When people tell you what is exactly the opposite of the truth, that's gaslighting. And it started with the climate. It started back in 2013 when the L.A. Times says, we're just not going to print any letters from anybody anymore who is a denier. Whoa, wait, climate denier went to COVID denier, vax denier, to election denier, to Trump denier, to anything denier. If you want to talk about how how insidious this moment is in the health of the republic, look no further than the climate deniers, right, who actually are denying the fact we're in for another bitterly cold winter. And I know you've heard this time and time again, but I'll tell you one more time. You can go back. Popular Mechanics had a wonderful website uh, a few years ago on all of the articles in the, in the 1960s and 70s that said the science was settled. We are about to enter a new ice age. No debate. The science is settled. And by the way, you want to know what their remedy was for the new ice age in the 60s and 70s? Remember the Packers and the, and the Cowboys, the ice bowl? It was ban the internal combustion engine. Now they do a 180 and say the science is settled. We are now, the sea levels are rising. Why, they're rising a half an inch every century. We can't adapt to that. We've got to ban gasoline, the internal combustion engine. We've all got to drive electric vehicles. We've got to put the energy sector out of business. And the only remedy to global warming, just like global cooling, is, is no more fossil fuels. You start to think this is an answer in search of a question. And you know what the the answer is always? It's always power. Power, power, power. So if you're looking around, 
on this frigid winter, uh, and Charlotte's going to get hit here in the next few days, uh, if you look around and you say, how did this all start? How can Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger and Adam Schiff and Jamie Raskin and Eric uh, Chinese Spy Swalwell condemn anybody um, when they were in on the greatest cabal in, in American history, and that is the undoing of a sitting president when they were spying on Trump? Not everyone on that committee, but Cheney's now in support of it. Kinzinger's now in support of it. It was the FBI and P- this is the great irony of the January 6th committee and the quote, quote unquote criminal referrals, which have zero chance in court because it's very, very difficult, if not impossible. And don't quote me, quote, quote, special counsel Robert Mueller who said you can't indict a president for what he did in office. You can't indict a president under an intention, intentional infliction of emotional distress. Uh, IIED. Um, anytime you go after the opposition, are you going to be indicted? And if you let a DOJ under a criminal referral from a partisan committee indict a sitting president, who holds the DOJ accountable? The very same people that issued the indictment or the referrals, not indictments because they can't, they can only impeach, but issued the referrals to the DOJ are the same people that swore to you, that swore to you that the Russians and Trump were colluding when, in fact, it was made up by Hillary Clinton and Perkins Coy and Fusion GPS, it was an absolute canard, and not a canard, prevarication, not a prevarication, a lie. I'll break it right now. It was a lie created by a Democrat media complex. Now you've got an illegitimate co- committee where there is no ranking member. Sorry, Liz, you're not a ranking member. You were not appointed by the majority leader. Issuing a criminal referral to Trump? If you want to know, friends, I know I'm starting off in a very sour note, but it's you know everything that's happening this week tells you what's wrong with Washington, D.C., and I know because I was there. I wrote a book about it, Party Animal. just came out a few months ago. You ought to read it because the Russian collusion is in there. The immigration crisis is in there. Uh, what real members of Congress are like is in the book. And in Party Animal, I point out the real crisis. The real crisis is the border, and it's going to get worse when they lift uh, Title 42. And yet, what what is NBC News, ABC News, the Washington Post, the Charlotte Observer, what are they all leading with today? Criminal referrals from a half-baked committee that have absolutely zero weight in law. Congress cannot indict or, or prosecute Anyone, let alone a sitting president. And the reason is, if they they tried to do that, you would have a separation of powers crisis. The branches are equal. The president executes the law as he or she sees fit. You can't be indicted for executing the law or disagreeing about election returns. That's not sedition. That's an opinion. And this whole gaslighting game of turning Trump into a criminal is exactly what's going to cause a revolution. Because once you start jailing the opposition, you are no longer the United States. You are Venezuela. You are Cuba. You are the Soviet Union. You are fascist Germany. And that's what these unhinged folks in the Democrat media complex look exactly like. Fascist Germany. This is fascism we're flirting with. Make no mistake. 
while the border, while we have an invasion at the border, not just a crisis, an invasion of over 5 million foreign nationals a year, devastating cities like El Paso, which is declared a state of emergency with 400 strangers sleeping in the airport. And they're talking about criminal referrals for a president they don't like? There is something definitely wrong with this republic. And I'll tell you, it will not change. It will not change until we get a hold of the megaphone that is gaslighting you on everything from climate to the January 6th committee to the border. That is the real big problem. Contact line today for the Vince Coakley radio program. I'm Jason Lewis in for Vince at 704-570-1110. That's 704-570-1110. Stick around, gang. More coming right up. Back on the Vince Coakley radio program on News Talk 1110, 99.3 WBT. So nice to be back in the Queen City. I am Jason Lewis, former talk show host of WBT, former member of Congress, and most importantly, patriot. Patriot. And boy, do we need patriots these days. I, I will tell you, I've never seen... I've never seen more misinformation by the people who claim to solve it in my life. There's a case of massive collective projection going on. Every single member of the Democrat media complex, and that's a little coin, a little phrase I coined in uh, Party Animal, The Truth About President Trump, Power Politics, and the Partisan Press, my book, great little ebook Christmas gift right about now. Uh, go to your ebook supplier and, and look up Party Animal by Jason Lewis, because the history of what's happening is in this book. What I saw in Washington, what I saw in the campaign trail, campaigning with President Trump, you cannot possibly get a fair hearing right now if you still believe in the Constitution. The people who are claiming that they are censoring misinformation are the ones spreading it. You want to talk about Fauci and COVID and the Wuhan lab leak? How many times did we hear that, oh, this couldn't have been a lab leak? It came it came from bats, came from a cave. It was natural. Um, it, it, it jumped species, which these sorts of viruses simply don't do. And it, we all knew it came from the Chinese lab. They were dinking around with gain-of-function research. It was a total lie. And yet, the people who said that it came from the lab were the ones who were called liars. That is projection. When you project on somebody else what you're doing. And now we've got this January 6th committee made up of people who already tried to unconstitutionally hire the FBI and the Department of Justice to overturn the 2016 election by spying on a president, spying on Devin Nunez, the, the Intelligence Committee chairperson, and literally, literally getting false warrants in a secret court to do wiretaps. These were the people, Jamie Raskin, Adam Schiff, who were in on that along with the FBI, and now those people sitting on that committee, along with Liz and Adam, are the ones saying they want to issue criminal referrals using the same people of the FBI to go after the guy they already tried to overthrow. Man, oh man, is that crazy or what? It's worse than crazy. It's a coup. Now, you should understand, and I'll tell you this as a city, a former city member of Congress, the January 6th committee was illegitimate from the get-go. 
Here's how it works. And this is why having the majority is important in Congress. When you get the majority, we govern by committee in this country. You can't possibly have 435 members of the House and 100 senators uh, try to uh, bring every bill to the floor. So they're weeded out in committee. And if it gets through the committee, it gets a hearing in the committee, it gets marked up in the committee, then just a few bills get to the floor. And very rarely does your bill get to the floor. I was fortunate as a freshman uh, member of Congress to have one of my big bills passed. That was a good deal. That was a big deal. A big effing deal, like Joe Biden would say. But in committee, it reflects the majority in the body. So if the majority is 60-40, in the Senate, the committees will reflect 60-40. Same in the House. Well, what was the reflection on the January 6th Select Committee? Oh, it was all Democrat except for two token liberal Republicans. Two token never-Trumpers. How did that happen? How did, how did that get to be such a, a classic persecution not an investigation because nancy pelosi usurped congressional protocol and said i'm not letting the minority leader kevin mccarthy appoint minority members i'm doing it that's never happened before at least in the modern era the majority leader and the steering committees of each caucus actually get to appoint who sits on what committee their names and how many of them and, and was McCarthy wanted to appoint Jim Jordan and Banks and the rest of the group. And Nancy said, no, I'm going to appoint Liz and Adam because I know they'll go along with the lunatic Jamie Raskin, the lunatic Adam Schiff. And they did. Right from the get-go, this was not a legitimate committee. And then Liz Cheney runs around telling everybody, oh, I'm the ranking member. No, you're not, Liz. The ranking member is appointed by the representative leadership of your caucus. Kevin McCarthy did not appoint you. Nancy Pelosi did. And yet, have you heard this before? No, you haven't, have you? You read that in the Charlotte Observer? How about the local news? Let alone the Washington Post, the New York Times, CNN. They buried it. They spiked it like Twitter spikes conservatives. So we have all these crises going on. We have literally a a corrupt FBI and a corrupt Department of Justice and a corrupt CIA censoring Americans through Twitter and Facebook and social media. And they're issuing criminal referrals to Trump who tried to do something about it. We have a, a border crisis the likes of which this country has never seen. Think about this. The Biden administration wants to undo Title 42. Title 42 basically is part of the 1944 Public Health Service Act. It requires asylum seekers to apply in Mexico at the southern border, in the country of their origin, because if they come in and they've got this horrible virus, why we, we, can't, we can't have that. So it's a public health um, provision. Now, get this. This is how perverse Joe Biden and the Democrats are. And, and by the way, the dirty dozen in the GOP that are working with them in the lame duck session. We'll get to that a little later. I want to be bipartisan here. They're telling us they want to extend the pandemic emergency yet again to keep the, the funds flowing in Washington, D.C. to their favorite interest groups. 
but they're going to repeal Title 42 because the pandemic's over. Huh? How's that work? Is that the, does that sound like an incoherent, senile chief executive? Sure does. Well, the, the, we're, we can lift the pandemic. It's over. Title 42. People can just stream in across the border. Oh, but we're going to keep it for the federal fisc so we can keep spending money under emergency powers. This is how dishonest D.C. is right now under this administration. So we've got, literally, in the span of a couple of days last month, 18,000 alien encounters in a two-day span, or per day, excuse me, per day, two days straight. That would amount, prorated, 7 million aliens per year. Populations larger than Colorado, Maryland, Missouri. We're replacing entire communities with illegal foreign nationals right now. I mean, it's shocking. That is shocking. Now when they lift Title 42, there's a stay until today, I believe. Until they lift Title 42, you can triple that. When I was in Congress working with the president, we were building the wall. In 2018, there were 680,000 encounters. Now you're looking at 6.57 million if that 18,000 figure holds. Not to mention, it's costing us anywhere from 150 to 200 billion dollars a year. I mean, th- this is out of control, and we're talking about the January sixth committee. Seriously, folks, <laughs> what are we missing here? 704-570-1110. The contact line is always. Let's get right to the calls. When we return, I'm Jason Lewis, the talk show host, formerly known as Congressman Lewis, in for Vince Coakley today on WBT Sticker. On the Vince Coakley radio program on News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Jason Lewis in for Vince, as I uh, tend to be every now and then these days, in for Vince or Brett or someone. It's always great to be back in the Queen City, always great to be back on WBT. As you know, I hosted a program there many, many years ago and then ended up in Congress. That's called a demotion. <laughs> and now I'm back uh, yeah, back on the air every now and then and really enjoy it. Been writing a lot, too. Uh, run out and get my book, Party Animal, The Truth About President Trump, Power Politics, and the Partisan Press. It was basically what I saw working with the Trump administration and when I ran for the U.S. Senate in Minnesota in the midst of riots and a lockdown. It's a fascinating read, getting great reviews. I hope you get it available everywhere. Ebooks are sold, Party Animal, or at barnesandnoble.com. Check that out. And finally, I'm on Substack, and the newsletter going out in about an hour. The latest newsletter is on this border crisis and how literally in the span of a year, we've gone from building a wall, controlling the border, reaching, reaching, a half a million total encounters. Now, understand when the the, the um, Border Patrol talks about border encounters, it literally means people they've greeted or meted or stopped at the border. And over time, there's been hundreds of thousands of those each year. Um, so you can, the, the CPB could report you know, 500, a million, 2 million border encounters. Doesn't mean they're getting in. It means it's an encounter. Well, when I was working with the Trump administration to build a wall, to put in the migrant protocol process, 
uh, migrant pro- uh, protocol protection. Basically, it was a Title 42 for everyone. You had to apply for asylum in your home country, not come across, catch and release, and as your process goes forward, you're off in the middle of the country. That's exactly what's happening now. When we were doing that and controlling the border, and this was one of, you got to say, like President Trump or not, this was one of his signature issues. I'm going to get control of the border for the first time. The encounters were down to 600,000, about 650 to be fair. You know what they are today? The CBP reports over 3 million, but they're not counting getaways, the ones they don't encounter, they never see, which is upwards of 900,000 to a million. So numerous groups have come up with a figure, 500 or 5 million illegals per year. Now, when Title 42 is repealed this week by the Biden administration, you're going to get 20, 30,000 a day. You're looking, you're going to get seven or eight million on top of the 20, 25 million that are already here. We are substituting one demographic for another in places like El Paso, but they're going everywhere to Denver, to Portland, to Minneapolis, to Charlotte, you name it. This is a crisis. Because you have people who have not assimilated into our our particular way of governance, our economics, you name it. But regardless of whether they assimilate or not, they're here illegally. And a country that has no border is not a country. And yet, you've got Republicans and Democrats in Washington saying the most important borders in the entire world right now are in Ukraine. We have an invasion. There's no other way to call this. This is an invasion. And frankly, it's an impeachable offense because what Biden has done is deliberately open the border. They gutted Title 42 to begin with. Now it's going to go away. They gutted the Remain in Mexico policy, the Migrant Protection Protocol, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, They've gutted that. It's going away. They've created a sanctuary country. And we're being flooded with people who, whom now they want to, are you ready? Are you sitting down? Give the vote. You've got Democrats all over the country that want illegals to be able to vote in municipal elections. And the federalization of election law, the federal takeover of election law, would not only undo voter ID, as you hear every now and then from commercials on WBT, but it would grant automatic registration based on breeder documents. So there'd be no voter ID, but if you've got a utility bill, if you've got anything you could possibly imagine, tax ID number, you can get, you'll be automatically registered to vote. Look no further than California as to what the outcome of this will obviously be. What used to be Reagan country and B1 Bob Dornan country in Southern California is now Gavin Newsom country, and it's never going back. They have replaced, dare we say that word, one demographic with another. Now, over time, it may not work because many Hispanics now, especially at the border, don't want don't want open borders anymore. And none of us are against legal immigration. But remember, when Joe Biden was a senator, he passed something called the Refugee Act of 1980, which allowed anybody to come to America from any spot in the world and apply for asylum here. That's got to be changed. The 1965 Immigration and Nationality Act 
ended what were called immigration quotas. Before that, we had quotas from any particular country based on how friendly they were, based on how easily their population might assimilate. That was abolished. So a lot of this craziness has been codified into the law. And since that, a time, um, according to the Pew Research Center, the number of immigrants in the country has swelled to, 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 well, it's gone up, it's quintupled basically since 1970. There's also a law in the books, by the way, that says any immigrant that is likely to become a public charge, that is to go on welfare programs, whether it's education, not just TANF, which they're technically prohibited, but it's education. It's free medical care, thanks to the 1982 law. Um, It's food stamps. It's Medicaid. They can get that stuff. And if they go on there, they're a public charge. But yet there's a law that says they can't become citizens or get here if they're going to go on welfare. Uh, Trump was trying to implement that, but Biden has thrown it away. He's thrown Remain of Mexico away. He's, He's not staffed the border. Now he wants to end Title 42, which would... Again, in the name of COVID, of make people apply for asylum in their home country. This is a crisis deliberately made by Democrats and media who don't like certain communities, and primarily ones that vote red. And so they're going to replace them. <laughs> That's what this is about, folks. Hate to break it to you. It's so, and look at their past statements. <laughs> you can go right down the list of past Democrat media statements saying, well, you know what, once we change the demographics in this country, well, we're going to be the permanent party in power. And that's exactly what they've done. Meanwhile, while this is going on at the border, and entire communities are being torn asunder, the media is running with the January 6th committee referrals, as I mentioned. I mean, this... This is unbelievable. It really is, and it's not healthy, and it's going to, it's going to, well, it's splitting the country, obviously, but now you've got situations where uh, there are a whole lot of people throwing up their arms in destitution going, it's over. It's either they quit and capitulate, or you're, you're starting to, to get some really scary stuff going on if we don't get together on, on preserving America first, as we like to say. Anyway, uh, let's get to some calls when we come back. 704-570-1110. Until then, I am Jason Lewis, and this is the Vince Coakley Radio Program on News Talk 1110, 99.3 WBT. Uh, weekly, bi-weekly newsletter coming out on Substack in about 40 minutes. Uh, It's going to be all about the invasion at the border. You don't want to miss that. That's uh, at jasonlewis.substack.com. I think you'd like it. Sign up. It's free newsletter, jasonlewis.substack.com, and it's all about the border crisis. Carrie Lake says, or a judge says, she can challenge the election in Arizona. Whoa, isn't that interesting? Now we're starting to see who the election deniers might really be. Now, this is really interesting, and North Carolina is right smack dab into the middle of this. You want to know how? You've got a state Supreme Court in North Carolina that seems to think they're a legislature. 
You've got a Supreme Court in North Carolina that seems to think they are state actors for Democrats in North Carolina. For the second or third time, I I know for certain it's the second time, last Friday, I believe it was, the North Carolina Supreme Court undid congressional districts drawn by the state legislature in Raleigh, this time the state Senate districts, before it was congressional districts. The court can't do this. There's something in the Constitution called the Elections Clause, which says it is up to state legislatures to come up with the time, place, and manner of elections. Now, true, that's for congressional elections, but it also holds, if you want self-government, for local elections. Because no, because if, if the court is basically doing the bidding of one particular party, you've usurped the separation of powers doctrine. So the reason this is smack dab in the middle of all elections, especially 2020 um, um, COVID election, which had a plethora of problems and irregularities, and that's, by the way, another gaslighting phenomenon, I mean, this this is from the same people that told you Trump was colluding with Russia, from the same people that told you that there were no no hanky-panky at the FBI or the CIA, from the same folks that told you a mask will prevent COVID and there are no side effects from getting vaxxed or anything like that, from the so same people, they're now telling you that the election in 2020 was airtight. It was perfect. No problem. Except, in my home state, 60% was done by mail, and they haven't matched them when they certified the election to any of their voting registration data, any of their voting lists, whatever. Um, It's really, I mean, there were so many irregularities when you vote for months after months after months, when you vote by mail, when there's ballot harvesting, that anyone who tells you that 2020 was a normal election is lying to you. It was not. And the reason it was not a normal election was because secretaries of state, governors, attorney generals, or attorneys general, decided to write election law usurping the power of the state legislature to do that. That is, if voters demand voter ID the legislature passes an election law. If voters want early voting for everybody instead of just military men and women or the disabled, they have to pass a law that says we're going to vote in August for a November election. Stupid, especially given the Fetterman debate. I'll bet a lot of people... How, can you, this is how stupid early voting is. I, I hate to be blunt, but this is how stupid it is. You vote for somebody in September and their stroke worsens in October and they can't function by November. Your vote's already cast. That's why we vote on election day. You do it after the debates, not before. But if you want that, the legislature has to pass a law. If you want to vote by mail, which even Jimmy Carter admitted is prone to abuse, then the legislature has to pass a law. The state Supreme Court can't do it in North Carolina, and yet they've tried. That case is now in front of the Supreme Court, and I'm going to make a prediction. They're going to tell you in North Carolina that your state Supreme Court 
was acting as a bunch of liberal hacks for the Democrat Party and stepping outside their bounds of federal law. This is federal law. The federal elections clause states that legislatures may make their own election law per each state. The state Supreme Court, and that's why it's in the Supreme Court now, the state Supreme Court violated the the United States Constitution. And that's the way the court's going to rule. And when that happens, what happens to the rest of the states like, say, oh, I don't know, Minnesota, where I live, whose Secretary of State unilaterally cut a deal with a bunch of liberal activist groups and consent decrees in order to rewrite election law in 2020 because of COVID. The state legislature didn't do that. The Secretary of State did. He had no power to do that. Zip zero nada. Just like the North Carolina Supreme Court doesn't have the power. And when this case comes down... And the court rules that way. It's going to open up a whole lot of challenges, I believe, for the 2020 election that was not done in accordance to law and had more irregularities than you can shake a stick at. I'm Jason Lewis. It is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. When we come back next hour, I do want to talk about the family uh, this Christmas season. Stick around. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. From the heart of the Carolinas. Bringing the day's events into focus with the lens of liberty. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. A man that I've known, a man that is tough and smart, a man that's running against somebody that's never done a damn thing in the Senate, Mr. Jason Lewis. DJT, we are back. Hour number two underway with the talk show host formerly known as Congressman Jason Lewis in for Vince Coakley today. Vince will be back tomorrow when he gets all of his shopping done. And Vince, nothing big, nothing big this year. Just a little tiny remembrance would be good. Would be good. That's all I'm asking for. Uh, You know, it's funny. um, When the president uh, introed me at that rally that you hear in the outtake, he was talking about my opponent uh, for the United States Senate in that particular race who was and is Senator Tina Smith. Now, if you don't know who Tina Smith is in the U.S. Senate, think about everything that's wrong with the country. That's Tina Smith. Uh, I'm telling you, how did I feel like, I feel sort of feel like, um, you know, Mike Dukakis and George Bush. How did I lose to this guy? How did I lose to this woman? Tina Smith is a transplant from New Mexico to, to Minnesota where I was running. And... She came up here basically to go to work for a very woke corporation and for Planned Parenthood. So she went to work in, as, a, as a bean counter, <laughs> whatever the hell she did at General Mills, one of the most woke, pandering corporations in American history. Just, a, just some really, really chicken littles over there. And, of course, I, I can say that because I, don't, I didn't get any money from corporate PACs when I was running for the U.S. Senate. They all supported Tina Smith because she would do corporate bidding. She believes in corporatism, a a sort of a, not capitalism, corporatism, where corporations act for the benefit of the government in exchange for favors. 
That is Tina Smith. And if you look at all the money she got from crypto crook, Sam Bankman Fried, or is it Freed? Um, she said, well, I, okay, I'll give my $5,600 back from the crypto crook, but I'm going to give it to Planned Parenthood. This woman loves abortion. The days of Bill Clinton talking about abortion ought to be safe, rare, and legal. <laughs> so we, safe, rare, and legal are over. Now it's abortion, the more the merrier. Right up to birth, post-birth abortion, you name it. And states are going nuts since the Dobbs decision. Smith's latest threat to the Supreme Court is to pack it unless they, unless they rule the way she wants. Now she wants to pack the Supreme Court, which is an attack on the judiciary. She refused to condemn the protests in Minneapolis that turned into riots. She says the police are corrupt. And she voted against partial birth abortion and late-term abortion and post-birth abortion restrictions. Oh, and she loves Planned Parenthood because that's where she used to work. The woman does not want to keep abortion legal. She wants more abortions. Now, why do I bring this up? I bring this up, A, because it's such an offense at Christmas time, but B, because believe it or not, Democrats, with the help of the Dirty Dozen, 12 Republicans who ought to be primaried, and I say this as a former member of Congress, but enough is enough. We're at a tipping point in America. You had 12 Republicans work with Tina Smith and company to pass something called the Respect for Marriage Act, which was nothing, nothing of the like. It was the Attack on Marriage Act. Here you have a bunch of ne'er-do-wells, who take kids to drag queen shows, who abort children, who think immigrants ought to replace our birth rate because we're not having children, passing a bill that upholds marriage? Oh, no, no. It wasn't a bill that upholds marriage. Just take a look at the celebration the White House had for the Respect of Marriage Act. And by the way, this would not have passed had it not been for Tom Tillis of North Carolina, who led the way on this, who led the way on amnesty, who's leading the way on a massive spending bill in a lame duck session. Seriously, folks, with Republicans like these, who needs Democrats? Think about this. In a couple of weeks, the Republicans will take over the House, and the House is really the power of the purse. All bills raising revenue and taxes must originate in the House. So all the the Senate Republicans have to do is punt. If you punt it into January, we can finally get a handle on spending, which is bankrupting our kids' future if we have any kids left. Our monthly deficit hit $250 billion. That's $250 billion in November, a record. We have a 30 or more than $30 trillion in national debt that we cannot finance. Interest rates are going up. It will bankrupt us all because we've been printing so much money. Why have we been printing money? To cover profligate spending. So what is Tom Tillis and the Dirty Dozen doing in Washington? This is almost unbelievable. Too much to fathom. They are helping Republicans, excuse me, helping Democrats in a lame duck pass the Respect for Marriage Act, amnesty, no voter ID, 
in an omnibus bill that would set Biden's spending levels for a year instead of letting the House do it come January and cut spending. Tom Tillis ought to be recalled. I don't even know if you have a recall provision in North Carolina. But the the point is, this guy's the Democrats' best friend. And it started with this horrible respect for marriage bill. And it is horrible. And it's horrible because it does not allow for sincerely held religious beliefs to oppose what they consider to be uh, what they don't consider to be marriage. Now, you can debate whether there ought to be unions and this and that, and I think we ought to treat people with respect. We all do. But the word marriage had a distinct meaning for many, many years, and it meant a union between a man and a woman. That's the definition of marriage. Now, you can say you can change the definition, which we are, but that was the traditional definition, and it was that way because society, Western civilization for 2,000 years thought that the best way to raise children, to procreate and then to perpetuate itself was a man and a woman, a mom and a dad. Not birthing people, mom and a dad. Well, thanks to Neil Gorsuch, we have a gay marriage throughout the land now, and that usurped usurped family law and marriage in the 50 states where it was supposed to be. So after the high court overturned Roe, the Democrats went nuts thinking uh, Hodges would be overturned next, returning marriage to the states in addition to abortion. Well, you can't have that. So they passed the Respect for Marriage Act, which basically codifies, makes a federal law that says, we will overturn anything Raleigh does, and we will define marriage. And Tom Tillis helped the Democrats pass this bill. <clears throat> Just in time for Christmas. Not a boy, Tom. All right, we will get to the phone calls, I promise, when we come back. Right now, 570-1110. Your calls when we return on the Vince Coakley Show. Stick around. formerly known as Congressman Jason Lewis, but more important to the Queen City, formerly WBT talk show hosts. Did five years in Charlotte and loved every minute of it. Missed the Queen City. Good to be back. 570-1110. That's 704-570-1110. Vince is back tomorrow. But right here, right now, today is CJ on WBT. Thanks for waiting and welcome to the program. Yes, Jason. I'm so glad that you're back. I wish you could be on every day. I'd I'd have you for anybody else because you, you, you teach us all about what's really going on with government. You educate us. The reason I'm calling now is Kevin McCarthy. They have a bunch of these uh, people going to challenge him. Is that? I don't think that's a good thing. Even though he has five hundred and ten million dollars, uh, why would they challenge if they have no money? I just don't really understand this. 
You know, it's funny. I may surprise people with this because, you know, when you're on talk radio, and by the way, thank you for the nice compliment, CJ. You're considered a firebrand and you're considered, a, you know, a, a Freedom Caucus guy on steroids. And I, I believe in a lot of those things. I certainly did when I was in Congress. But the fact of the matter is you have a very, very small window to govern. And the difference between Republicans and Democrats is that when, when, when Democrats have power, right, they use it. They don't care about the next election. The Obamacare cost them the House. But you know what? Obamacare is still here, isn't it? That's how Democrats operate. When Republicans get power, they immediately look to the polls. Oh, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? And they don't get anything done. So that's a long way of saying McCarthy should be the speaker because you have got to get something done. And the constant infighting doesn't help that. McCarthy is the guy that has earned that spot. But more importantly, he's going to do what the caucus says. And if you've got conservative members of the caucus, like I was, that are concerned about his direction, you put pressure on him through the caucus. And that's how it's done. Now, I will say this. I absolutely think, CJ, that Mitch McConnell has to go. He's in, he's in bed with this GOP dirty dozen in the Senate. And as we used to say in the House, the Senate has become the place where all good things go to die. And- I, I agree. And I think that uh, if, if we can get Trump elected, he can raise enough money to put someone else in there because he run, uh, Mitch McConnell runs it with all his money. And and that's why he I think he continues to win. If he doesn't if somebody else has a lot of money, I think they can defeat him. Don't you think? Well, that has been, you're 100% correct. The reason Mitch McConnell has a hold on the Senate is because he takes money from Blake Masters in Arizona and gives it to Lisa Murkowski, who votes with the Democrats, but she will support Mitch for majority leader. He's got so much money that he can, quite frankly, buy off these votes for majority leader. And that's got to stop, and it's a real problem in our electoral system. Um, but but your overall point is right. It's a fool's errand. It's letting the perfect become enemy of the good to try to throw McCarthy under the bus. He won the House, albeit small. <clears throat> is, he, is he pure like people would like him to be? Of course not. No politician is. But you've got to move quickly, get things done, and he, he would do it. So I do think it's stupid for Andy Biggs to try to challenge him or anybody else. Just go with this and move the ball forward on the committee level and start tearing after Hunter Biden, start tearing after the FBI, start tearing after the intelligence agencies, start going after Joe Biden for letting the border open and do your job. Forget about this infighting. I agree 100%. I hope people will call in to these other people who are trying to trying to uh, compromise him uh, and tell him not to be doing this. I don't know. And pray. I think prayer is important. Uh, we need to pray for Tom Tillis because he's an absolute fool. He's a traitor to this United States, and he's a traitor to the Republican Party. I have no idea what Tillis is drinking these days, but it's got to be illegal. Um, I agree. Now he's pushing this omnibus bill of $1.7 trillion in discretionary spending. The entire budget is now $6 trillion. Most of that's entitlements and COVID relief. But every year they can reallocate or cut the discretionary part, CJ. And now it's $1.7 trillion. When I was in Congress in 17 and 18, you know what that discretionary budget was? No. $1.2. So a half a billion dollars more... Tillis is trying to get across the finish line to help Democrats, and he wants it funded through next September, 
the fiscal year instead of letting the House redo it in January. He is a disgrace. He's our Mitt Romney. <laughs> yeah, he really is. CJ, thanks for checking in. Uh, you bring up some really good points. And that McCarthy point is a good one. I, the reason I'm sensitive to this is because I went through this with the health care bill. Remember when, when John McCain... Um, basically threw us under the bus. We had we had gotten a pretty good repeal of Obamacare through the House in 2017, the first year of, the, of Trump. And we had to vote for it twice in the House, and a lot of guys stuck their neck out. Then it finally passes, and it goes to the Senate. Now we're, all we're trying to do is get the skinny repeal to conference committee to fashion a larger bill that both houses could vote on. McCain tells everyone, oh, I'll vote for it, I'll vote for it, I'll vote for it. And the last minute, thumbs down. He throws us under the bus. Why? It wasn't perfect enough. And there were others who wouldn't vote for it in the Senate because it wasn't perfect enough. Well, let me tell uh, you I, something. Um, I really believe the Republicans have finally got to stand up and do everything they can and go after everything, just like the Democrats do. They just pound and pound and pound. And one guy said, well, he's not going to vote for Trump. He's just tired of hearing it. Well, if it's not him, it'll be anybody else to go after anybody. Uh, they think now that they're going to destroy this country. They're going to do it. And if we don't fight back now, our country is finished for good. Because, CJ, uh, thank you so much. You are correct. Uh, we will move on. But I'm, I'm telling you, we've got to do something when we've got the power and dilly-dallying around over McCarthy is not going to get anything done. The same with that health care bill. You can't let the perfect become the enemy of the good. Move and do something the way Democrats do when they have power. And that's why this is a distraction. Ralph, you're up next on WBT. Thanks for waiting. Hi. Good morning, Jason. Uh, I would like you to primary Tom Tillis. I live on the other side of the river up there at Lake Norman, and he is a disgrace to the Republican Party. I mean, he's got a low Liberty score, and uh, he hasn't had a town hall in five years. What, what do you make of that, Jason? Well, he knows that he's betrayed his constituents, the people that got him there, but he doesn't care uh, because he keeps succeeding without you. And that's really, you know, one of the things I write about in the book, Party Animal, the truth about President Trump, power politics, and the partisan press, is my experience in Congress and how oh, if you raise enough money and Mitch raises enough money, you don't need your constituents. You can do anything you want. Just buy ads on Raleigh TV, on Charlotte TV, and you're set to go. And as long as that continues, um, it's not going to change. We've got to address that. We've got to, We ought to take out PAC funding entirely. And frankly, we need term limits, uh, Ralph. Um, it's good enough for the president. It's good enough for people like Tom Tillis. Exactly, and everything. But, uh, you know, he, he, he will not. He, you, you can't even get through uh, on his voicemails. He don't even return calls. So he's not doing anything for his constituents. It's actually pretty shocking what he's doing right now, and I hope people pay attention because this is an, a 100% betrayal. Respect for marriage, amnesty, um, the omnibus bill. I mean, across the, 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 the issue spectrum, he's betraying you on each and every item. I'm Jason Lewis on WBT. Don't touch that dot. Dan, 
During that break, Charlotte Mecklenburg Schools hired four more superintendents. That's odd. You didn't see that one coming, did you? 704-570-1110. If we the institutions in our society are so fundamentally dysfunctional now, you have adults without permission of parents teaching kids about gender fluidity in schools. You have single parents taking children to drag queen shows for Christmas holiday parties. And you have Tom Tillis helping the Democrats pass a massive omnibus spending bill, more money for Ukraine, and a marriage law that would govern North Carolina's family law. In fact, it would usurp North Carolina's family law. You, you want to know what's wrong with the country. Uh, we've got nobody standing up standing up for traditional values, standing up for, quite frankly, everything that it means to me, used to mean to be American, to be a North Carolinian. It's actually quite amazing if you think about it. We've got to go, I guess, over to Italy to find someone that's got the guts to, to do and say what needs to be said. Because <clears throat> the Republican Party has been told for decades now, and I know it because I went through it, by their advisors, <clears throat> by the Lincoln Project types, <clears throat> to stay away from social issues. Just if a, if a corporate tax cut can't fix it, don't talk about it. So they've stayed away from immigration. They've stayed away from marriage. They've stayed away from drag queens. Uh, they've staying away from transgender ideology. Joe Biden says transgender equality is the civil rights issue of our time. Bull. I can't say what I wanted to say in Christmas time. And yet, you go across the pond, and there are people that have the temerity to stand up for 2,000 years of Western civilization. There's a new pro family prime minister in Italy, a female, Georgia Maloney. She's taking on the demagogue. She says, quote, yes to natural families. No to the LGBT lobby, yes to sexual identity, no to gender ideology, yes to the culture of life, no to the abyss of death. Now that's the Prime Minister of Italy. Can you imagine Mitch McConnell ever uttering anything like that? Or Tom Tillis? So now we've got kids that are, that are being sacrificed on the altar of transgenderism. Gender fluidity, gender dysphoria, call it what you will. You've got medical clinics making a bundle off of operations that can't be retracted to kids who are confused at 10 years old or younger. You have the human rights campaign, the gay lobby, mandating gender fluidity training for kindergartners. They're welcoming schools program. Representative Angie Craig of Minnesota read it on the House floor. She's a gay activist. Can you imagine, you know, why can't some Republican just say, <clears throat> you know, it's not too many years ago this stuff would have been considered child abuse. I don't want a drag queen twerking on my five-year-old. But you know what? You do what you want with your kids. You keep your hands the hell off of mine. And this is why you've got parents revolting over schools. But where's the leadership on this? Well, it's that's not... Let's not go into those social issues. We, we can't be clear or, or we can't be there because it's just too divisive. 
So the Democrats can assault our young people. They can lock them up during COVID. They can give them experimental jabs. They can teach them to change their gender, confusing them for life. They can do anything they want to the kids, but we can defend it? What? You know, I, I was telling you earlier about my Substack newsletter, Jason's newsletter. At sub, just go to jasonlewis.substack.com. And one just came out on the invasion at the border, but last week was the Democrats' war on the family. And this is really what they're in. They've got to break down the family in order to break down the civilization. And I hate to be so blunt. I hate to be, well, I don't hate to be anything, actually. I'm just telling you the truth. Uh, If we don't start standing up for our constituents, as Ralph was saying a moment ago, what would be the point of voting Republican? And by the way, think about this for just a second. In the wake of the Dobbs decision, Republicans in the midterms were told to stay away from abortion. Democrats ran on it, but you just don't talk about it. We're on the wrong end on that. We're losing on that end. And this is what happens when you believe your enemies. Don't talk about it. So Republicans didn't talk about it during the midterms. How'd that work out? It worked out pretty good for you? Now those same Republican consultants... Remember, the Lincoln Project, the perverts over there, used to be Republican consultants, Mike Murphy, Stuart Stevens, you name it. Steve Schmidt, they're they're just a a bunch of horrible people, kind of like CNN. They were advising Republicans, stay away from from marriage issues. It's, It's a loser. Stay away from abortion. Stay away from trans ideology stuff. Welcome the trans people. Support the Respect for Marriage Act. And what happens is Republicans don't get energized. They stay at home, and the midterm's a flop. You see, there's a, a, again, I keep harping about this, but I saw it up close and personal when I was in Congress. And that's why I wrote the book, Party Animal. Buy my book. I'm not saying that because I need the money. You don't make money on books. I'm saying it because you need to read this. Democrats, when they have power, change society. They don't pay attention to the polls. Republicans, when they have power, look to the next election. And if the polls aren't in their favor, they they go silent. They shut up. And that is the fundamental difference. And I go back to Obamacare in 2010. In 2010... The, the, the Democrats knew they would lose the House if they passed Obamacare. They passed it anyway. They lost the House. They got it back, but they lost it. But Obamacare never went away. If Republicans, and this goes back to CJ's talk about McCarthy, if the Republicans don't take this term, the 118th Congress, to really affect change and go after Biden and company and the DOJ with a vengeance, then they're not going to have anybody voting for them next cycle. That's where we're at. One more segment coming up. Don't touch that dial. You're on WBT. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program.